Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. everyone and welcome to another episode of On The Turnbuckle here on mypodcasthouse.com or wherever you're listening to us. Thanks for joining us for our weekly podcast on the world of wrestling. The music of Razor Mar- Ramon brings us in to the uh, episode. Uh, Welshy, good day to you. Very good day, Tony. And <laughs> uh, Razor Ramon won our weekly challenge? He did, uh, quite easily. Quite easily. Um, Who did he beat? Uh, Psycho, Psycho Sid, Sid. Yes. That's, yeah, that's, not, yeah, that's yeah, not surprising I said it um, I asked our uh, guest host To give me some names And then once Razor was suggested I made it so that he'd probably win comfortably. So you say guest host Because Lyle obviously is uh, Overseas at the moment With the family He's having a little bit of a, a holiday break Would you like to introduce our guest host? Um, you, I would love to introduce our guest host We're joined by the lovely Ree Bell who <laughs> is in charge of social media and fan engagement with MCW. Yes. Hi, everybody. I'm really excited. I feel like I'm an upgrade. Oh, without a doubt. For us, the bag you know? of sand's probably an upgrade, so you're an upgrade on the bag of sand that's uh, an upgrade on Lyle. Yeah. Well, sorry, Lyle. You don't have a job anymore. Um, I'm taking your gig. Yeah, no, we're happy with that. <laughs> Actually, Lyle's not happy because he missed uh, – we chatted uh, and you can get the bonus episode that dropped – on Wednesday, we chatted with Eric Bischoff this morning, and uh, now we've got a great guest today, and Lyle's missing out. Yeah, we certainly have to uh, a fantastic chat with Eric Bischoff, or it was for us anyway. I'm sure you'll enjoy it. Jump onto the uh, website, our bonus episode, and have a listen to it. He was he was just he was open, he just really good. He was Eric Bischoff, yeah, yeah, yeah which is fantastic, and he is coming out uh, for. A tour on the 21st, 22nd, and 23rd of June. So uh, get on the uh, the website. And he's promised us beers. He has, because it's my birthday. He said, I'm more than happy to go out for beers with you after our show in Melbourne. I'm going to lie to everyone and say it's my birthday when it's not trying to get... You can come. Yeah. I'll invite you. Aww. Even though you're... So I'm a huge Eric Bischoff mark, so... Yeah, I, I'm really excited for Probably the best that I don't get invited, to be honest. Uh, the fantastic thing about having Ree is that she actually brings her own guests, which is amazing. <laughs> and the guest that she's brought is an amazing guest. He's the man who runs the, the, well, let's say the most popular show in Australia, wrestling show. I have no doubt about that would be the case. Mikey J joins us here in the studio. Mikey? My tyres are suitably pumped. Thank you very much for the kind words. Oh, my pleasure. And so they should be, Yeah. Uh, Things going well in the world of MCW? There's always there's always something to be happy with. You know what I mean? Like, I, I feel as though it's easy to get bogged down with the negatives of pro wrestling anywhere in the world, be it on the local scale, worldwide scale or whatever. But it's one of these things where I think that we need to try and look at the positives a little bit more and I'm feeling pretty good with where we're headed with MCW at the moment. And... I'm looking at the calendar that's coming up. Is May the mo- the busiest month in MCW history? I'm going to pretend or? it doesn't exist. Look, I, I think we're all pretending it doesn't exist <laughs> at some point. Um, so is my wallet. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 one of these things. We've got five shows in four weeks, um, which is a little bit more than what I would have liked, to be honest. But uh, when opportunity knocks, you got to go for it. Yeah. And that opportunity is there's some amazing uh, wrestlers coming to our shores. And... Do you want to talk a little bit how uh, how that came about? Yeah, so we've got Session Moth coming over all the way from Ireland. and She was we... almost the star of WrestleMania week as well. She I, was. She, she was, was my standout. Yeah, she, all over the place. And we also have Millie McKenzie who makes her way uh, from the United Kingdom via Japan. Uh, does she need a note from her parents? 
I've I've spoken to one of her handlers. Yes, it's it's not one of her parents, but I have spoken to one of her handlers. So, um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's going to be a fun few weeks. Um, yeah, we we all met Millie in January when we were over for Wrestle Kingdom, and um, obviously left a lasting impression and a decent person and and great worker to boot. Um, and then, yeah, when we had the opportunity to come up to do an event with Moondog Brewery, f- who's one of our great sponsors for Good Beer Week, um, I sort of thought, well, I reckon we should probably try and get uh, Session Moth in for this. And then when we did that, there was only one opponent that we felt was suitable for her, and that was Avery. It's like the world's colliding with Avery and Session Moth <laughs> when you it's, think about it. It's amazing timing for Avery, too, to yeah. be wrestling... Um, one of the best-known wrestlers in the UK mm. right before she goes over there. And it's, mm. it's awesome that you've been able to, to give her that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that's one of the things that we've always tried to do and and one of the things that I, I pride what we do with MCW is that we try and create the best platform possible for talent who want to do more in wrestling um, until the point where Australia is its own full-time territory where people are making a living out of it and we're inching closer to that every week. Um, but until we get to that point, then our aim is to make sure that we are giving talent the best footing forward so that if they go, I want to travel to the UK, I want to travel to Japan, I want to go to the States, whatever it is, we want to make sure that we're providing the best opportunities for them to go out and accomplish those goals. I'd love to have a chat to you a bit further about that making a, a living out of wrestling in Australia and just how far away it is. And you are right. It is getting closer each week in regards to the crowd support that we're getting mm-hmm. here in Australia and the, and the calibre of wrestler that we have in, here in Australia. And you mentioned a few wrestlers coming to our shores. We've also got a fair few wrestlers coming back to our shores after having been overseas for the last few weeks. And they come back with a, a renewed vigour and... Uh, having learnt a lot overseas as well. I think part of that renewed vigour as well is that once you get to the top, things may not always be as they seem. And the grass is always greener in that, oh, I want to get to WWE, for example, or I want to get to the UK or whatever. But then once you're there, there's always going to be the feeling of being homesick and things like that and being put through the ringer and having to do all that other stuff that comes from being a full-time wrestler under contract with a company that provides all these opportunities. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing by any means, but I think perhaps maybe sometimes that can be... It can push you towards burnout, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure if that was the same here, where we were having to organise media opportunities for people um, and and if it was a full-time salary, eventually that would probably get too much for people here as well. Mm. Um, it's it's tough enough, as, as Ree knows, trying to organise <laughs> photo shoots cats. with newspapers and all the rest <laughs> of it already. But, um, you know, when there's more financial incentive, that probably helps. But, um, uh, but yeah, like... it. You know, that's that's the grind from any job, I suppose. So then being able to call your own shots and work your own schedule and all yeah. that sort of thing and also coming back to a scene that is in a better state than when you've left it, I think would help, mm. I imagine. So the next step in regards to, uh, I suppose, that reality happening, is it broadcast? Do we need someone like a Foxtel? Do we need someone like a free-to-wear, whether it be a 7 mate or something, to actually pick up? A, a an organisation and run with them? Is that the next step in that professionalism? I think that helps, but to me that should not be the be-all and end-all for promoters in Australia looking to expand their product. Having a show on 7Mate, like, like you've said, for example, would be a great boost. I think that we're past the point where we should be getting shows on Channel 31, for example. Oh, without a doubt. We've... I... I would need both hands to count the amount of times that we've been approached, like where we've been approached, not that we've put feelers out, where we've been approached to do community TV. And to me, if 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 you're up late watching, like, it's it's one of these things where the, a lot of their audience at that time, where they will put a wrestling yeah. show on, it's it's a piss take. Yeah, it's it's actually detrimental to the product, I think. And I've had people um, who have come to me because like I'm working in the media industry as well, it's sort of like I've got people who come up and say, hey, are you guys involved with this show on Channel 31 or this, that and the other? And it's like, no. And they go, okay, good, because I watched it. It was fucking dreadful. You know what I mean? So it's 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 things like that where I think 
in order to be taken seriously, we need a platform where we can be afforded that. I think Southern Pro Wrestling in New Zealand are well and truly on the right track by announcing yeah. that they've got a proper major TV network who are going to be broadcasting their Southern Rumble event, which we're stoked to be involved with. Mm. And even more so now that we know that, you know, that's something where there's the chance that that gets us out to a household audience in New Zealand. And then you never know who's watching that, Correct. for example. But I think in order to be taken seriously, we have to aim bigger for a, a seven mate or even Viceland on SBS or something like that rather than even, just... Even um, one of the mainstream streaming services like a Netflix or a Stan, yeah. that would be, yeah. yeah. be a really good option, I think. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, we've also found that the MCW product grew once... Uh, we started advertising our Encore services yeah. to fans in the UK. And then, uh, like, like I was paying for ads in Fighting Spirit magazine. And then in order to try and pique people's interest with that as well, we'd bring guys like Jimmy Havoc and Marty Skull and Will Ospreay over when no one else was really bringing over mm-hmm. top-rising independent talent. Everyone else was still booking ex-WWE names. And we were going, well, actually, in order to try and bring in this new modern audience we need to come up with a product that suits them and bring in those names that suit rather than someone from wwf from their mid card from 10 years ago and we get lots of tweets from people from around the world that are watching mcw encore and tweeting along with the show and loving the product that they're seeing and we're so fortunate that we have someone like mikey who has the talent um, to put together such a wonderful visual product that so helps boost, well. <laughs> that helps boost what we're doing, and it helps. It helps. I'm not working full time now, so I try and pick my um, spots in terms of freelancing, which then means that I can try and get shows out there quicker and come up with content a bit easier, yeah. and even just make myself available for more stuff rather than going, ah, oh, I've got to try and cram it in around a, a proper nine to five or. Having worked in news, that's not a nine to five. Yeah, that's you show up Correct. and you and you leave when when everything's done for the day. Look, even um, doing even doing this with a nine to five, it can yeah. it can be onerous mm-hmm. running oh, yeah. social medias and recording, and then you get a last minute interview and you've got to change your timings. So to run a company while having a full time job would oh, my hat goes off to you. Oh, I appreciate it, and it's it's one of those things where I've bounced around from a few different employers over the last 10 years um and i think every time i've gone into the freelance realm mcw sort of been at a different level yeah um and then i've sort of been able to get that under control and then i've gone into another full-time job and almost left in caretaker mode but i'm hoping that soon it's going to get to the point where i don't have to leave it in caretaker mode and i can just keep filling in the gaps just to make sure the mortgage is all good if if <laughs> if if the week skins or something like that you know what i mean yep. like i'm not i'm i'm not out to just make a whole heap of money i'm out to do what i enjoy and i'm i'm out to continue building my passion and mcw and independent wrestling in australia is that passion so that's what i'm working on building now and and uh, doing two or three days a week elsewhere just to make sure the bills are paid. Let's go back, though, um, to around nine years ago when you decided to, to do this. <laughs> what the fuck was going through your head? Did everyone think you were crazy? Yes. Yes, we did. I guess so. I, uh, <laughs> to me, it was one of these things where no one else had a product that anyone could be proud of. Um, and because I was filming all these shows for other people... I was traveling around and I was seeing the best and I was damn sure seeing the worst. And it got to the point where I got sick of working for other people and just going along with the flow. And I sort of thought, if if I think that I can do a better job, then I don't want to spend the rest of my life going, why didn't I try? So the opportunity arose with um, Australian Championship Wrestling um, with Tommy Hellfire, who no longer works for MCW or is involved with it. Um, and uh, I said to him, I said, dude, these shows, like there's so much potential. You've got a venue that is being looked after because that was those were paid shows back then that they were getting. Um, and, I, and I sort of said, let me just come on and book one show. Um, if you like it, cool. I'll, I'm happy to do more. If not, so be it. And he, he was good enough in saying, yep, no worries. And one of the first things I did was book a carload of people from Sydney. It was, 
it was Gene Kelly, Madison Eagles, Ryan mm-hmm. Eagles, Robbie Eagles. That was oh, that was yeah. the, that was it was that, an um, Armageddon weekend. No, no, it wasn't. Even, it wasn't oh, even no, an Armageddon weekend. It wasn't. Weekend. Um, yeah, and and the ACW promoter died two weeks out from the show happening, um, and so I, so I said to Tommy, I'm like, is this still happening? He goes, yeah, we're, we're still going to do it. Like it's it's guaranteed we've got it so yeah did it we were, we were lucky with it um through the con- through those connections we had dragonfly as well because of the respect for um for dom who was the promoter who had passed away um my former boss ah yes yeah yeah you'd, you'd know dom very well 12 years yeah um so yeah through through all those connections we just worked on scrolling away and building it up um, and it was just, it was just trying to take what I'd learned from going through the traps and and being a camera guy, and going well. Here's how it sh- I feel it should be presented, and and what I think looks exciting on tape, and all the rest of it as well. And and watching watching wrestling on TV your whole life, and mm. then ha- having the ability to look through a camera lens, you know what you feel like it should look like, and. Getting direction to make it look worse than what it could must have been difficult. Yeah, well, I mean, look, it's one of those things where I'd just show up, I'd put a put a camera up the back, I'd be running around ringside, and then it's like, eh, it doesn't matter because no one really had any emphasis in their product going beyond a live audience. Like a lot of the shows, it was uh, like there were shows where I'd just be making the DVDs and then on selling them to promoters for them to try and make money off. Um, so no one really cared. Like mm-hmm. I, I saw it as a a product that was just rich for the taking in terms of trying to expand beyond just the show itself, and and that includes making sure commentary is recorded properly, uh, your ring announcers are recorded properly, mm-hmm. the show that the show is lit beyond the fucking house lights, um, things like that, all this sort of stuff. Which entrances, was, yeah, yeah, all this sort of thing, which people just weren't doing, and it's like. Guys, this doesn't take much effort. It doesn't take much in order to get that product not up to the standard that people would see WWE do, but a respectable, independent, local equivalent of. It was better than a lot of shows I watched over Mania Weekend on Fight TV. I'll give you that. <laughs> I, I appreciate it. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It was just one of those things where I just thought this can and should look better than what it is. It's quite funny because I promoted a few shows and one of those was at the... Uh Geelong baseball uh, basketball centre yep. where the Baycats play out of and I did exactly that I had a, an entrance with smoke and you know lights and all that sort of stuff mm. and the music and we had proper sound and, and, and everything it was a, a very good show a very good show but all the wrestlers at the time especially the hierarchy of the wrestlers all said to me what in the hell are you doing you're putting on something like this you're making it impossible for us to go out there and promote now because now people are going to expect that that's going to be the thing every week it but was, that's what it that, should the, be. The mentality at the time was just yeah. yeah. But uh, and and I mean I don't I don't really think that exists now. But at the same time, it's like if if people are happy half-assing it, tell them to fuck off. Mm. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, like like honestly, I, I can't put into any more plain terms than that. If you're happy being second best, get the fuck out. Mm. No, you're absolutely right. And I reckon one of your hardest things at the time when you had that vision of what you wanted to do would have been convincing the wrestlers of that because a lot of them would have heard that sort of stuff from a lot of people before mm. and no one had ever delivered. I've tried not to promise anything that I can't deliver or at least have a suitable backup in my back pocket. Um, and I think it probably helped to some extent because people like people sort of respected the work that I was doing with the with the camera stuff and all mm. the rest of it because then at the very least there'd be highlight reels on YouTube of the shows which they didn't have access to prior so at the very least there's all this footage of them set doing to their stuff. set to whatever I was listening to at the time so probably Anbelin um and then uh you know like then that was something that they could use to promote themselves and try and get out more their names out more as well so I think that probably helped to some extent where it's like eh at least it's a product that's going to look okay and I think the other thing too that's been an advantage for you is that, we, and we put this to Eric Bischoff today when we spoke to him, in, in, we said, do you have any advice you can give to the Bucks in regards to you know the, taking on WWE? Mm. And his main advice was just build it slowly. Yeah, Don't yeah. try to be you know, that straight from day one. It's, build it to something that's it's, sustainable. It's one of these things, right? Like I was talking to Chris Fresh um, a few weeks ago and 
we all sort of have a laugh about how we do shows out of a Chinese restaurant mm -hmm. in Tullamarine near the airport. Um, but then when that closed down, then we went to Tullamarine Public Hall, which oh. was this little dump even further in the back streets, which didn't even have the charm of the restaurant where you, where like there's photos of mm. Denise Drysdale on the walls or anything there's like that. Definitely no lemon chicken. No, no, no. The no catering was much worse. Um, yeah, so you know it was a venue devoid of atmosphere, devoid of the beef and black loin, and uh, it was just like a yellow brick hall. Mm. Um, and at the time, I was sort of thinking, eh, it's not ideal, but mm, maybe we can try and build this into like a PWG-style venue. Like, that's me trying to be ever optimistic. And it's like, you know, Reseda doesn't look that great, but it's got charm about it. So maybe we can try and do the same here. Obviously, it didn't work. Worked better with Essendon. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, but I mean, that was, that was a building block and that was because we didn't really have anything else in those close to two years that we were running there. Essendon didn't want wrestling. Um we had calls and conversations with them for the three or four years prior to when we actually finally got into Essendon at the end of 2014. Um, and they just said, no, nope, we haven't done it because this happened and that happened. And it's the typical sort of stuff where, where Australian wrestling promoters in Burned the... Everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From 2000 to about 2005 or whatever, just managed to burn half the venues in town mm. um, nationwide. Um, so, yeah, like... It, it was one of these things where we had to accept with slowly building and getting to a point where we were happy with it. And I mean, even now, I'm I'm happy with where we're at, but I'd be lying if I said that I don't want more than what we've got now. So yeah. well, that's yeah. interesting. Without being satisfied, I think that's yeah. important. Mm. Yeah. Um, so where to? I mean, I obviously know the answer to this, so I'm just going to ask for <laughs> the rest of the universe. Uh, suburbia. Suburbia. Thank you. Um, I'm calling it the MCW Suburbia. Yes. We've got listeners in, uh, in Italy. We've got one person who keeps downloading our show in Italy. Um, so what's your future state for MCW? So what's beyond MCW Thornbury? Because hmm. we're like, I we're packing that out now. Yeah, but I mean, four years ago, the goal was, or even three years ago, the goal hmm. was, I want to do all of our regular shows at Thornbury and then find the next level up from that for our yeah. big shows so at the moment i mean we we ran msac last year it was it was fine but i felt like i don't think we overextended with it but i think like some of the smaller things like production elements and things like that we could have done a little bit better with it so i think the next step is finding a venue that you know has that thousand to twelve hundred capacity yeah that's not going to cost an arm and a leg and still looks the part as well like i don't want to just run basketball gyms or anything like that because I think that that goes against the product that yeah. we're trying to create and and if you want a product that speaks to a sort of mainstream audience because we get people who are going to come along because it's wrestling at Thornbury Theatre um, mm -hmm. and and that helps the brand you know that's something people people look at the MCW brand and they think of venues like Thornbury so if we're going to step up from that we need a venue that is like Thornbury exactly because Thornbury does pretty, have a nice charm it's a pretty venue um, and you feel like you're when you walk into Thornbury Theatre, you know you're there for MCW, and there's a there's a buzz in the crowd, and yeah. and you feel like you're going to see something special. And it's a venue that supported us from day one as well. Like yeah. we've we've had other people try and run the venue, and they've contacted me and gone, "This isn't you guys, is it?" I'm like, "Nope." And they're like, um, "We'll we'll tell them thanks, but no thanks." And sort of like, oh, "I appreciate that." Well, Thank that's, you. That's etiquette. That's wrestling etiquette, yeah, isn't it? You don't run each other's venues. Wow. Yeah, yeah, but how much how much etiquette is there? Like, there's no honour amongst thieves, so to speak. So, so you've just come back from WrestleMania yes. weekend. Yes. Um, actually, hopped off a plane yesterday. Yes. What were your highlights of Mania Week? Uh, just getting amongst it, catching up with people who I hadn't seen for a while, um, going to a few different shows, and and just sort of taking in the week and enjoying it, and getting back to being a fan, as opposed to always just stressing about things and and picking it apart and doing all that sort of stuff. And it was good. I got to catch up with people from all over the world who I haven't seen in a while or all the rest of it. And I, I think that that social aspect really made it as well. Yeah. Like, like I think WrestleMania week and there are plenty of people around who will say it, it's, it's, it's something where you just go to catch up with, with your friends and there just so happens to be a few shows that everyone's booked on as well. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was awesome just 
being out there and being mm. able to go to a few different shows, like going to Madison Square Garden and just being in the crowd for that, like it was incredible. It was such a good atmosphere. Going to the spring break shows as well and just seeing that on an independent level as well and just going, this is something that would be awesome if we were able to get to that point one day, you mm. know what I mean? And just and just really kind of taking in all the different levels and seeing how it's all done and just enjoying it. And how much of it becomes a networking opportunity as well? Is that is that something in the back of your mind while you're over there? Well, there's an old saying that business is done at the bar. And there were five nights in a row where I was at the bar. <laughs> so Sounds like the ideal holiday to me. <laughs> so, I um, should be Marge gifting that. <laughs> so, look, yeah, I mean... It's it's absolutely a networking thing. So um, yeah, hopefully hopefully something comes of it. Because we had we had Cremator in last week, and he was um, I'm not even sure if it was on air or off here, but he spoke about um, when you're in Japan, and he said mm. um, how busy you were, where people find out that you're MCW, and it's like the respect is actually at that level now, where people mm. know who you are. Let's talk business. But even that blows my mind. Like I've never sort of looked at it like that, and and I find things like that incredibly humbling where it's just like oh you do mcw this is great we watch we watch it and for me it's like fuck i didn't realize that we're getting out there that much i'm mm. sorry i keep swearing we swear um, all the time it's okay okay good you um, just I, get off a plane um, we had um we had jimmy havoc remember oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm not gonna be able to top that <laughs> but um yeah like it's 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 cool that people want to be a part of it as opposed to having to try and lure them in with a dump truck full of money in order to try and get them here. Like, sure, that helps, but if people know who you are as well, then that already puts you on a, a better playing field and, and it shows that there's a bit more mutual respect as opposed to, yeah, we'll just come over and take your money and whatever. I'd hate to see your inbox. How many Australian wrestlers <laughs> are sliding into your DMs? And, and what, if you are an Australian wrestler in the state, what do you need to do to be noticed? Do you just need to keep doing what you're doing or... Do what you're doing. Train at, train at places where we take a lot of our interstate talent from. Um, it's it's all well and good if people go, I want to be in MCW. But if you're in Sydney and you're not with PWA, for example, or if you're in Perth and you're not with EPW um, or in Adelaide and you're not with Wrestle Rampage or even RCW or whatever, it's it's sort of like work on just trying to better yourself and be around people who are going to push you as opposed to being a big fish in a small pond. Like I think some people mm. are probably happy being. Um, Which because, is okay. Yeah, like it, it's fine. Everyone's but got different ambitions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's fine. But if you, if you want to try and make something of it and travel interstate and do all that sort of thing, seek out the top promotions in, in your home states and, and work on that as well because – they're, we're not the only people who have buzz about us anymore. Mm. Um, so there's ways to go about building your profile, which means that eventually we go, we need this person. I mean, there's still great people in Victoria that you're looking at that you haven't booked yet. So, oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those things where you, if you're interstate, you probably need to be next level. Yeah, absolutely. Because you're competing with other people from interstate who we're putting on the few spots that we might have available per well, show. You're chasing Robbie Eagles' spot, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're chasing Robbie's spot or you're chasing Jonah's spot or something like that where you are a must-have prospect that we want you on our shows because you have a brand behind you as well, uh, be it going, going to PWG or whatever else. And not only that, but now... People are competing with 30 or 40 really hungry trainees from the training school, the MCW Academy that we've got building up as well. Yeah. So eventually, it's yeah, it's it's mind-boggling that that um that you know Jay Andrews and his crew started this training school in like July, August last year, and already it's it's filling up. Mm. Like it's yeah, there's all these people who maybe don't even necessarily just want to be in MCW, but they want to get involved in wrestling. Yeah. Um, and it's like I was at one of their initial assessments because I was taking photos for our socials and stuff to help promote. And it's tough. Like they don't just accept anybody. They really put you through your paces. They want to know that you're serious. They want to make sure that um, you're committed to making the business better and want you to contribute in a positive way. You can't settle for second best. No, it's like what that's I was saying it. before. You can't settle for second best, be it as a promoter, as a, promo a production guy, and especially as a worker. I'm so glad I do socials because there's no way I could have done any 
any of the stuff that they were doing because it was it was hard. Yeah, no, that's yeah. that's why I'm not in the ring. Yeah, <laughs> no, no way. Truly, is that the only reason? Uh, that I would have been. Did dog, you, did you want that I would have been dog shit at it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, did that's you want the, to be a wrestler? Not really. Like it was something where I'd I'd watch it, and I think as a kid I wanted to be, and my folks sort of said, "No, you're not doing that." Um, like tried my hand at managing, wasn't very good with it, and then kind of went, "Maybe I should just stick behind the camera." Um, and occasionally pop out to do contract signings. <laughs> and, or break, and, a break up a fight. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, He's like mean faces, good, like you'll see. I, now when you watch it back, you won't I do a good point. It. I do a lot of pointing. Um, so, so, yeah, it's very stern. But, um, yeah, I, like, I did kind of want to be a wrestler, but I thought um, I don't think I'd be very good at it. So it was something I didn't really apply. I was better at... Or by that stage, I was already better at filming anyway, so I thought, well, here's my niche. Do the guys who run these major promotions around Australia that you just mentioned before that you're involved with through mm-hmm. Sydney and, and the like, have you guys got together on a regular basis or even an irregular basis to talk about what the future would be like in regards to running a national program? I mean, does a national program get run by MCW and does that become the national organisation or do you need to have a combined effort from everyone in Australia to, ha- to make that happen? Uh, it would definitely take a combined effort. Um, we wouldn't be able to go out and run MCW as a national promotion, yeah. I think. Um, at, at the very least, because we'd have to change our name. Um, and <laughs> completely <laughs> change the branding. But, I mean, I think it could be done. Uh, there's a lot of talented people all over the country, um, more so in, in roles of responsibility, um, where that could be done, but I think where it gets muddy would be who then becomes the main booker. And if you've got a lot of promotions, which, uh, and this is with all due respect, There's which. sure on the internet that think it should be them. Yeah, yeah. Oh, of course there are. Um, but I mean, it's one of those things where if, if you're a wrestler and you're running your own promotion, for example, do you then go, well, I'm happy with whatever spot that I take in a national promotion and then we've got this person who's the be-all and the end-all who has no in-ring responsibility or like their, their sole role is a booker? Do people then turn around and say, I'm cool with that? Or does... It's it's not even it's not even egos necessarily. It's more personal pride. Does that get in the way? Yeah, and then it's... There is a... Everyone's got a natural bias to their friends, of so mm. yeah. um, it it is difficult. It's not it's not unachievable though. No, it's it's not unachievable, but it would require some serious discussions, and it would require Humility. egos from everyone to be left at the door. Yeah, which that that's the biggest problem. Mm. Mm. Yes, it is. But if it's a national promotion, and then there's a broadcast deal, or there's money on the table, or something like that, maybe that sweetens it. Yeah, yeah. and I think the unique thing about MCW is that it's a collaborative effort. So uh, we have somebody that is in control of creative Mm. and someone that's in control of the talent. I look after the socials and the community management and we've got someone that looks after our sponsors and things like that. So on show day, we don't have Mikey running around like a headless chook going, I don't know what's going on. Like he knows that everything is being looked after and he can focus. And and that was one of the hardest things for me as well, to be able to delegate that stuff to everyone and go, you know what, this is going to be fine. Maybe every now and then something might slip through the cracks, but it's all good because I am a lot less stressed on show day now than I was um, two, three, four years ago. Yeah. And every time I speak to someone who works for MCW, everyone's so proud of of their part in the chain. So um, it must be good to, to manage a team that's, that takes such ownership, but such pride in their work. He's talking about me. He's like, yeah, I'm yeah. just saying. Oh, and a few people. <laughs> you are one. Of them. But but that's the thing. If everyone's working towards the bigger picture and everyone knows what the goals are and all the rest of it, then that helps. It's like I'm a cog in the machine, but this machine overall is doing good things. So I'm happy to be a part of it, and I want to make sure that in my role that I'm doing the best I can so that we can continue advancing as as a group as well. Mm. We spoke earlier about the next venue. Will it have air conditioning? Thornbury has air conditioning. As no, somebody I that... Just, um, I remember seeing Mikey when the air conditioning had gone out two shows in. A- oh, <laughs> that was not good. And they weren't cold days. No. No, they, they weren't. And especially after that February show, uh, some serious discussions were had with the venue as well, sort of saying, hey, 
come on. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I know that because they did. They do. They do have air conditioning, and it's in place. Um, I think. I think February in particular was an anomaly in terms of having the power going out. Like the Seven Eleven, the Seven yeah. Eleven down the road was shut down completely. Whereas we managed to have one of our tech guys there, so we were able to sort of get a basic. Um, sorry, Thornbury had one of their tech guys there, so we were able to get a basic um, setup, so the show could still go on. It just happened to be really hot. But then the Glow <laughs> Show as well. That was. Uh that one was a little bit more disappointing, I think. But yeah, because because the venue's air conditioning broke down the day before, and they hadn't thought they hadn't been able to get it fixed in time. So that it's, it's, like it that. gets That's frustrating. It gets frustrating when you when you sort of build a product up a little bit more, but then you're still dealing with other people and all the rest of it as well. And it's sort of like, eh, so long as everyone's doing the best they can, and some things are out of your hand. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we can't control that. Speaking of things that are beyond control, uh, why no women's belt? That's a question that we get all the time on socials, and so I'm asking it here so then you can just, like, put it to bed and I hopefully people can stop tweeting me about every it. Every interview that I do, I am going to be answering this question I know. up until the time where we do have a women's belt. And one day we will have a women's belt. Um the time isn't right at the moment because if you look at our roster, we have we currently have three main women in the MCW women's division. Mm-hmm. Kellyanne, Indy Hartwell, Avery. Mm-hmm. Kellyanne has been away for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Avery's about to go away indefinitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, Indy's ve- been travelling. Yeah, Indy, Indy's been travelling as well. You then bring in a few more people like uh, Vixen... Um, Aria, Erica Reed, a couple. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, you then need to try and come up with your main title match for that division, and you then have to have something boiling underneath to create contenders and things like that too. There is simply not enough women who are at the standard in Melbourne to justify us having that division. And I know some people will go, that's a cop-out, but in order to present wrestling... Uh, equally, we can't settle for second best with the people that we put on our shows. And I think that if we were to just kind of bring in a belt just to have it scrape by and have it be as tokenistic women's division and it's all well and good, then I think that the standard of that division would not be up to scratch at the moment. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is a detriment to the product. There are girls who are training at the training school who I've been told are improving at a rapid pace yeah that's exciting if if we have more people who are who are doing that and showing interest in wanting to be a part of it then that means we have girls who we are training up from scratch who also by proxy want to be part of a women's championship and a women's division in mcw which then means that eventually the onus is going to be on us to make sure that we have the right division for them to be flourishing in. It's a ballsy move because mm-hmm. obviously there's a massive renaissance in women's wrestling right yeah. around the world and that was sure. evident by the fact that we had a, a main event at WrestleMania for the first time which yes. was a women's match and that would lead a lot of promoters who didn't have a women's belt just to say well let's do it, let's jump on the bandwagon and let's take, uh, so it's a really ballsy move by you saying well hang on, we're just not ready yet. Well we're not. Yeah, no it's great. I, yeah. I, 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 don't, I, I think with all due respect that some of the talent just aren't up to scratch. Um, and, and I know that that is a comment that is going to get a lot of criticism levelled at me. But at the same time, I'm... You can contact Mikey on Twitter about that. Please don't tweet <laughs> um, um, But at the same time, like, I'm doing a disservice if I just go, no, nah, it's all good, let's mm. just do it. Mm. Because you've got other promotions which have a women's championship and then their turnover on talent is so high that the, that the title seems to either change hands every few months or it just sits dormant for six months at a time before it's defended. And to me, what's worse, not having the belt and having your women competing in a reasonable, meaningful storyline or just going, shit, we've got a women's championship, better have it defended on the show. To me, that's an insult as well. Mm. Yeah. yeah good. How important is the glow shows in, in you being Massively able to, important. to look at yeah. all Hugely. the women in the country and then build towards that women's Absolutely. Title? Well, that's that's why, for, ex- for example, um, we've had Tali appear on a few of them and then now she's someone who I would love to have on more Thornbury shows. So if we bring a, if we bring a championship in down the line, then absolutely she's a part of that. Um, now that we've got Steph Delander from New South Wales who's back in the mix, um, 
she was someone who we were wanting to look at booking for a while up until injury, but it was always, eh, don't know about the Facebook gimmick. You know what I mean? Um, but now that she's not doing that, it's like, all right, let's see what we can do here. She's the Python powerhouse now. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's people like that who then we're able to road test on the girl shows. Mm. Um, we tried to steer away from the glow thing now <laughs> just because otherwise I just right. know that we're going to get a cease and desist yeah. one day. Um, but... It, it, it's 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 these sort of people and more who we want to bring in, road test, see what works, what doesn't work, what can be improved on. We're able to then provide that feedback and say, hey, we want to do more with you, but work on this, work on that, and then let's revisit it and and even put them on another girl show before we do we we put them on Thornbury, so to speak. Well, I know that my girlfriend's not a wrestling fan, but I can get her to go to the girl shows. And they're fun shows. Like mm. Thornbury can be daunting for a first time fan or someone who's not really a yeah. big wrestling fan. But shows like the girl shows or the GIRL shows or whatever, um, and Wrestle Rock as well, those serve as Good sort of, yeah, yeah. Like it's it's they're shows which don't take themselves too seriously. They don't run as long. There's not as much. Wait a minute, I'm trying to follow all these storylines, but I can't. Um, it's it's a good introduction to what we do, and then Thornbury after that is where you've got it. Well, I know that after the the last uh, girl show, she wasn't in town for the the blow off match between Indy and Avery and Kellyanne, and actually texted be to say that she was upset that she was going to miss that because of the story that was told that night then that means that the shows are doing their job um i I, like we sort of looked at and went rather than just have them as standalone shows let's use them to build to thornbury where we can and that's why we did that that storyline at the end of the last one um made made for good made for good footage as well um, which then means that it's easy to come up with a video package, which then means that we are presenting our women's division in the best light, lo and behold, without a championship. Would that match have been any more important if it had been for a title? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. No. And um, it's, it's, a, it's a credit that when you can tell a story without a title like that, because mm-hmm. you, you, then you're confident that once you do have the numbers in the division you can tell the story underneath the championship as Absolutely. Well. And when the time is right, we'll, we'll be able to do it and we'll be able to do it in a way that treats the division with more respect. And in an MCW way too, like how everything else is treated with the utmost respect and every story is so carefully crafted by the creative And people mind. Will think because they haven't had an outcome at the end of that first show that the, the story's not going anywhere and, yeah. Yeah, I, I I get really frustrated with people that are like, I don't understand why this is happening. And like instantly it's like, be, just be patient, like trust the process, things you're not going to be instantly gratified by this because it's going to be a, like a storytelling effort because same, that is what wrestling is. Yeah. We are telling stories. And the same can be said. The same can be said if you don't get the outcome that you wanted on that week's episode of Game of Thrones or whatever, you know, like, you know that it's building up to something mm. else and you're curious about the twists and turns. So you jump back. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, WWE get it as well. It's uh, People think back of a time and complain that there's no long-term stories anymore, but no one has the patience anymore to wait no, they for don't. a long-term story. Yeah, it's it's a like, double-edged that story. That Hogan Savage story, you wouldn't... They'd expect you to tell that in a month now, not, not yeah. a year. I once tweeted about that and Road Dog liked my tweet about being patient and trusting the process. It's McDonald's versus slow-cooked beef. It's <laughs> <laughs> just no comparison. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, do we have any listeners, listener questions for Mikey? Or? No. No? I didn't ask for any because um, I've been busy today and I knew that I had enough. We did. We have heaps. Uh, the future, 2019, what does it hold for MCW? Um, uh... We're forgetting May exists. No, we're not figuring that. <laughs> out. I want still got April. I want everyone. I want everyone to enjoy all the shows that we have coming up from April seventh, uh, twenty seventh through to May eighteenth. Um, yes, boss, and beyond. Uh, look, it's it's one of these things where I just want to keep building Thornbury so that it is selling out every show. Yeah. Mm. Um, we're working on some fun stuff in the pipelines. Where if it if it pans out, it will get our names out to a broader audience as well. Um, and it's, it's even collaborations like what we've done with Progress in the past, for example. So 
it, for me, it's just looking for that next challenge and the next way to bring more fans in and making sure that at the heart of it, we're building our own product too. Can we make a wrestling reality program? Oh. Where we get twelve, where we get twelve people who just want to be wrestlers, and we chuck them in a house together, and they train. Who's they putting the house up? I know. I'm sure we can find a big house. <laughs> be great if there's one in Thomastown near the training school. I'm sure it'll go very. So you're well. thinking like a um, so you think you can wrestle? Yeah, sort of yeah, thing. Sort of, um, yeah. Well, so no, you'd have um, you know the the AFL. They did it with the AFL, and you got a spot on the oh the yeah, like on the, the recruit roster. exactly. Yeah, the, recruit. the recruit. That's yeah. exactly like the what recruit. I'm thinking. You Can know, you I... imagine if this was the first thing that got onto free to air television, and it's just people <laughs> trying to be wrestlers? That's yeah. that, that that actually probably will be the first thing that gets on TV. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> no, I'm uh, sure one. I see something in the MCW Encore future to do with this. Mm. Let's talk. Just remember where you heard it first. <laughs> you got some royalties coming your way. Beautiful. Uh, mate, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been uh, great to have an insight into the business. We, we speak to a lot of wrestlers week in and week out, and you get their thoughts, but to actually have someone who's right at the coalface and, and putting it all together is fantastic, and uh, it was great to have your thoughts on how things are, are rolling at the moment. Thank you. I appreciate it. I appreciate the support from, from you guys, and I appreciate the support from everyone out there who's been along for this crazy ride so far. Um Keep spreading the word because, you know, word of mouth is one of the best forms of promotion that we have. And, yeah, hopefully hopefully we're not letting anyone down or not letting too many people down and we're able to continue building this thing up. Actually, a final question, if I may, yes. and it was one that I've seen of before and it just slipped my mind and it's only just come back. When PCW get a crowd like 2100 at their venue and, and their show, does that... Is there a tinge of jealousy that goes through you when you see that or is there an absolute ecstatic emotion that comes through thinking, this is bloody working, it's great? Not at all. Why Why would that make me jealous? Oh, no, no. <laughs> I can actually, I was talking to a lot of the MCW staff that night because they had a sold-out show as well yeah. and there was a genuine like fist-pumping. In, in the run-up yeah. to that show, it was something where I'd been told, hey, we're going to clash. Um and if we do clash, it's going to hurt you guys more than it did us. The end result was PCW getting 2,000 people out for their show. And you had a sold-out show, so we had no one. The only, show, the only other show where we've had to turn people away from the door like we did for that show was when we had Okada. Yeah. So as far as I'm concerned, it didn't affect us at all. So there's, there's, like, there's no problem with it. It's great that everyone's flourishing and thriving. Um, it's... It's something where a rising tide brings up all the ships. So it's... Yeah. It's definitely got... Because um, we were speaking to Davis Storm and we spoke mm. to Jack Bonza really quickly after the um, those shows and it just made everyone interstate look at Melbourne and say, oh, shit, something's going right in yeah. Melbourne yeah. because you've got two the two biggest companies in Victoria, mm. size-wise, um, selling out the same night. And the thing was that this hasn't always been the case. It's there's been other promotion or other uh, other states, sorry, where they've been the focus of attention. Like I remember when I was when I was filming at one point, it was Queensland. Um, it was also Sydney, all the rest of it, and and now it's something where people are moving from interstate to come to Melbourne because they want to wrestle or be involved or do whatever. And and hey, not all not all of it's good, not all of it's beneficial, but it just shows that something's being done right here. Mm, and they want to train at the academy too. They mm, want to be a part better. of that. That's awesome. Yeah, it is it certainly is. Thanks, Mikey. Really appreciate you coming in, mate. And hopefully uh, we get a chance to have a chat to you again down the track. I hope so. Thank you very much for having me. Mikey J, the boss, the man at uh, MCW, having a chat to us here on The Turnbuckle. We'll take a break. Back with more in just a tick. How on we go. And welcome back on the Turnbuckle, part two of our show. And the music of Buddy Murphy brings us in. Uh, just an Australian just doing his best over in overseas. Well, he's, he's, he's announced today that he's now on SmackDown. Yeah. Very exciting. So, um, yeah, good to see him escape 205 Island. Oh, do you think it's an island, though? It's definitely an island. I enjoy 205 Live, but... Um, Ali making the steps open some yeah. doors for everybody, and I think Buddy's definitely got the size to yeah. make it on the main roster. And I think he's also 
doesn't have a bad match. And Cedric Alexander's got off as well. Yeah, that that is true. And I mean, SmackDown today opened with um, Finn versus Ali, and it was such a great match. Finn's going to have some great matches on, yeah. on that brand. I yeah. didn't see a lot of it, but um, I know that uh, Roman's Roman's come across as mm-hmm. well. That's um, a big get. I think it is, and that's probably because of the Fox deal coming up. You want probably your most recognisable guy on SmackDown. They've got a good women's division too on SmackDown. It's insane really? who came out yeah. uh, for that brawl. Yes. Um, so they've got Bailey now. She got yes. booed. She did get they've booed. They've got to turn a heel now. I was um, actually really surprised that she was getting booed because I'm so used to her, um, you know, huggy you know, personality and gimmick and, you know, being so positive and bubbly. And she came out and she was... Well, she came out to confront Becky and that's not going to go well for anybody. No. So you've set her up to fail in a way. If she'd yeah. come out to save Becky, she be gets different. a pop. So this was all part of a massive uh, superstar shake-up, wasn't it, for WWE? Was it time? that Did they need it? Was it... Yeah, it's it's a yearly thing. You need to freshen up. Like AJ Styles going across to Raw, Raw sorely needed. AJ needs fresh matchups. He's yeah, been he on does. SmackDown for a long time. Um, the Miz back on Raw. I love the Miz and the Babyface run on Raw. The Miz on top of Shane McMahon. That was so good. His whole thi- his whole program with Shane McMahon's yeah. been amazing. Yeah. Shane's a natural heel. He is. I loved it when he went from being this, you know, ultimate, like, I'm the good big man, you know, you can trust me, and then you just, like... The apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Exactly. Do the WWE hate love? Because they've separated some couples. Ah. Well, it's funny you say that because I was actually having this discussion today and I found that people that were married were kept together... But people I feel like that the Usos just signed a new contract. They may have got that written in. Maybe. Because I would have. Well, yeah. Mm. Yeah, but people that were married were kept together, but people that aren't married yeah. were not kept together. Because um, Charlotte and Andrade yep. and Buddy and Alexa are separate as well. Mm. Not only are our superstars getting promotions and the like in the WWE, but also we've got superstars asking for releases as well, which is uh, getting interesting also. Yes. Um, look, no one of great importance is asking for a release who's under contract. It's been um, mid-carders who aren't getting used or... I mean, Luke Harper was the latest. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a 40-year-old guy who's always injured. Yeah. Effectively. He's a great wrestler. Like, bell to bell, Luke Harper can go as well as any big man mm. in the business. But at 40 and with a body that seems to be falling apart in the same way mine Mm. is at 40. And I'm not familiar with his independent stuff at all, but going by the reaction on Twitter today, there was lots of calls for him to return to the independent scene. He hasn't been released. Well, that's true, but he's publicly stated it, and generally when they publicly state it, they usually... So yeah, I think with WWE... The environment doesn't get much better when you're no. coming outside. Well, at his age, I think I'd let him I'd let him go if yeah, I was correct. WWE, but I'm not sure. I mean... He's his, not going to hurt you. The matches he was having um, prior to WrestleMania when Bray was feuding with Randy Orton, he was having some really good matches then mm. in WWE. They're probably... And then early, early White family stuff when he was having... Oh. Those tag matches. So good. Um, he can definitely go. Yeah. I loved the Wyatt family stuff. I was so... They dropped the ball with the Wyatt yeah. family. The brain needs to go back to being not magic. He needs to be creepy because his promos where he was dancing that line when he had the children's choir. Oh. It's one of the greatest promos in the history of wrestling because it made you uncomfortable. It really did. It was, oh, it was creepy. Look, at, look, at, look it up, Tony. I can do creepy. You can do creepy uncle. That's a bit different. <laughs> but I have a feeling that Bray's kind of on his way back because there's been some sort of creepy promos that have been played across Raw and SmackDown, so you're not really sure what's going on. Firstly, there's the bird, which I'm not really sure what that's about. And the do you know? puppet. And then the puppet. That was a buzzard, I think, like follow the buzzards. Ah. But I'm not sure. I'm not sure what's going on with Bray, but I hope that it's – I hope they do something really cool Creepy. with him. 
Um, what did you think of Paige coming out with um, Asuka and Kyrie Sane as the tag team that she's? I was hoping for Sky Pirates because I they're yeah, my favorite. They're my favorite tag team in the world. Yeah. Um, I felt well. Look, we definitely need to bolster the tag team division at across the board. Yeah. So the Iconics do have opponents. A- opponents. Um, we're not sure what's happening with Sasha Banks at the moment. So right. you know, Bailey has come out and said she's a singles competitor now. So they are effectively not a tag team. Um, I think that it's a really great matchup. I'm pretty certain they have probably at some point in their independent history tagged before um so they're pretty familiar with each other's style and they do have a very similar wrestling style um, and Peyton Peyton in particular has good chemistry with Oscar yes uh, some some of the best matches I've seen from Peyton yeah have been with Oscar she, she had a wrestling match with her at Margaret Court Arena um when NXT came to Australia yes. and that, that was when I I really realized how good she can be yeah and you know, Peyton, to me, as someone that knew her before she was at WWE, um, seeing how much she's flourishing and succeeding now, it just makes me so excited and proud for her because I know how much she has sacrificed and how much she's been away from her family who she's very close to and, uh, you know, seeing all of that, it's just, it's awesome. It's yeah, it certainly is. And they're all doing really well, our Aussies over there, and we are really proud of, uh, of what they are achieving. Not all of us will get the opportunity to go over to Japan to see a new Japan wrestling show. So the great news is, is that they are coming out here. New Japan Pro yeah. Wrestling have announced an Australian tour, which is fantastic. Yeah. Just Melbourne and Sydney. Yes, yes. So just the and the great news about Melbourne is that we live here, yes. Is that we live here, and <laughs> it's going to be at Festival Hall. Yes. How good is that? Yeah, look, um, when we had Gino in recently, he said that when he originally brought New Japan out, one of the things he said from the very outset was, it's got to be at Festival Hall. Mm. And so June 29th, I believe, is the the date of the show. Oh, what a nice birthday gift from New Japan to you. Beautiful. And (laughs) the Sydney one's still to be announced, but... Um, it's well, interesting. It's I wonder what, what do you think? Uh, you probably know more than what I, what you're allowed to say. Ray, is I, that right? No? I don't know. Any, uh. All right, cool. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what kind of shows they are, if they're tapings or if... Um, there's, definitely, there's definitely looking, uh, from my understanding, is that there's going to be live streaming of the show back to Japan. So New Japan Network? Yes. That's mm. awesome. Yeah. That means that we're going to get um, important shows. Yeah. Um, what kind of talent do you want to see? I definitely want to see um, the Bullet Club come out because we I need someone to cut the club. promos. I, I want their top tier talent, mm. um, essentially. So you want to see Okada again? Yes. Um, I didn't get to go last time. Oh, really? No, it was an interesting story. I um, had just started dating my current partner and it was Chinese New Year and she's Chinese. And I hadn't met her parents. That was the day I was meant to meet the parents. So yeah, you can't I had to give my ticket up. And then I got to her house and her brother's a big wrestling fan. He said, you should have gone to the wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose the other question is also, what Australian talent do we want to see on the show? Well, definitely want to see Robbie and Gina yeah. on. Yeah. Um, I think um, if Adam Brooks is in town, I think Brooksy would do a phenomenal job against... Or anyone on the New Japan roster. And I'm partial a little bit of Davis Storm, so oh, yes. I know he's making a big play at getting on the card. So oh he gosh, wants he's Liger. matched with Suzuki. He wants Liger. Yes. What is the? There's a hashtag going for that. I can't remember what the hashtag. There is. is. It's Thunder Thunderstorm. I think. Yeah, Thunderstorm. Hashtag Thunderstorm. That'd be great. Um, yeah. And look, it would be great to see him get that match before Liger hangs up the boots at Wrestle Kingdom. Hmm. And. You know, like Dave, Davis Storm is, he's the godfather of Australian wrestling. So if there's anyone that's deserving of a match like that, it's definitely him. And having trained in the Noki Dojo with a lot of guys who've yeah. gone on to some great things. I mean, Davis Storm, he deserves it, I think. Mm. Especially when you hear about his wrestling story and how he's, he began in the business where it effectively was a backyard wrestling promotion and then an was a collaborative effort with yeah. him and Jag, um, Hartley Jackson, to bring it into a, like a professional environment. Like 
that's really admirable. Like at any point, you know, backyard wrestlers could have been like, no, we want to continue doing our own thing, but they wanted to really set the standard and, and they do. See, and when you see EPW running now, their yearly show and it's um, – it's the during the seventeenth year of running their um, their big event. It's mm-hmm. it just seventeen years of any promotion. It's uh, it's really tough ask and to have that continuity and yeah. and still have that excellent standard and have the producing. same people involved as well. It's incredible. Um, and the WWE wrestlers that they've produced. as oh, well. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like just amazing. I remember talking to David Storm years and years ago about getting videotapes of EPW shows like that. You know, really time stamps how long ago it was. But you don't look that old. Oh, thank you so much. You're now my favourite person. I'm tipping. I was thinking 22, 23. But oh god, some I'm of the stories. Some of the stories you've told us tonight. You've. I'm coming back to this show, Lyle. Tony's, sorry, Tony's, Tony's 23. He's just had a hard life. Oh, dang. Yeah, with you, Gosh, that, that'll do it. Uh, <laughs> what do you want to tell me about Dean Ambrose? I'm sad he's that, gone. He's had more farewells than than John Farnham. <laughs> <laughs> He's got another one on um, on Monday. So, yeah, I'm really confused what it is, though. Like, is it's it a house show? Televised how? They're going to televise the Shield match from a house show from ages ago. No, no, he's, he, it's his last match. So, he's effectively still under contract. He's under contract until, until next week. So, his last date will be a house show, what? and they're going to televise the Shield match just on the network. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. I didn't understand that. I thought it's they unusual. would have done it on SmackDown. Or <laughs> yeah, he's going to milk every last bit of blood yes. from the stone. Yeah, okay. And you're right. If, if you want to say goodbye to someone and you're going to the lengths of televising a house show, just put it on SmackDown. I mean, like, but they did an After Raw thing that was televised on YouTube. Yeah. I think um, I think it's – they need more content like this for the network yeah, they anyway. Do. They should be televising a house show a month, mm. um, do an occasional title change at one uh, get that feeling that anything can happen back because WWE coming out this year probably, and if they do a house show, do we buy tickets after last year? Probably not. Mm. Oh, I'm sure people do. Yes, I think people they do. do, but a lot of people are spoiled now, and they they want you you want to see a title match when you go to a show without a doubt, without because it makes it important, especially when it's being billed as one of the biggest. Pay-per-views were done in the year, which is what it was. It was billed that way. Yeah, and we got one. Yeah. I think also that uh, it also helps you feel valued as a subscriber, a fan of the product, if you're going to see the company invest in a title match and the title then changing hands, regardless if it's a televised show or not. Um, I know that's... Definitely no, no. how I feel. It so. definitely means something as well yeah. because when you're watching live, and we, we don't get to watch live that often, like let's be honest, uh, WWE happens while most of Australia are at work and school. Mm-hmm. So when a title change happens and you're watching it live, like when the Iconics won the title, I jumped out of my seat. I cried. I cried when Johnny Gargano won the title. Oh, did you really? Yeah, I love you Johnny. Did. Yeah. My favourite wrestler in the Blubbering world. Blubbering mess. I think he's the best. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I cried. I was at the Sporting Globe. I uh, was watching it with like 250 people, uh, WrestleMania, and um, the just the sound everybody made when the Iconics won and, you know, when um, Kofi won and... Um, Kofi was huge. So. Oh, my gosh. Um, incredible. Like Becky was big, but oh, the, and Kofi then when Becky won, won, the Kofi yeah. one came from nowhere. Like a month ago, two months ago, Kofi's not in the picture. Yeah. And... Wondering how we get him on the card, and then he got some luck. Ali got injured, and he ran with it, and the crowd got behind him. And no one would ever begrudge him this opportunity to his first ever singles match on a WrestleMania card. Mm-hmm. It's his first ever singles match for the title. Mm-hmm. Eleven years, like so good fantastic. On good on him. Plenty of big shows coming up around Australia as well. Well, There's Uh, actually not that much on this There's not actually, you're right. Uh, There's two. Uh, Friday the 19th of April, PCW are doing their bit for charity with Good Friday Appeal Wrestling in Ferntree Gully. New Horizons Pro Wrestling have a slaughterhouse show in Armadale in WA. Are they doing a show in a slaughterhouse? No, that's the name of their academy. Yeah, training academy. It would be pretty stinky if you did a show in a slaughterhouse. If you have a slaughterhouse show here, it'd have to be in like that Laverton area oh, where yeah. you drive past and it stinks. Oh, yeah. 
God, mm. it drove past it today. It and that's pleasant. why none of the protesters actually stayed there for too much longer because they just couldn't. <laughs> oh, Only there for a couple of days. Uh, Saturday, April the 20th, PCW presents Ignition at Ferntree Gully. AWF is also on at Parramatta. If you've got an idea for a podcast, we'd love to have a chat to you here at mypodcasthouse.com. Get, us, uh, get in touch with us. I think Ree's planning on pitching one to you after we get yeah, off the yeah. air. Let's yeah. talk. Uh, on the turnbuckle uh, through our Facebook page and we'll help you get on air for sure. Tune in next week. We'll be joined by PCWs. No, no, no. Cross that out. No, PWAs. No, cross no, that out. No. We're joined by NW... Big, Big Tree Thick. Oh, Mr. yes. Mr. Slade, Slade Mercer. Slade Mercer, fresh off the plane from New, uh, all Japan. Fantastic. Looking forward to that. And if you haven't heard he's our He's one bonus, of my favourite people. He is. Slade he's Mercer. a lovely bloke. He is lovely. lovely bloke. Uh, if you haven't heard our bonus podcast with Eric Bischoff, <laughs> please uh, have a listen because uh, it, he was just absolutely fantastic and he's chatted to us for half an hour or so. So have a listen to that. It is our bonus on the term buckle podcast. Bonus for us because we didn't have Lyle in the studio. <laughs> so yeah, two had, bonuses in a you row. had me. We had me, exactly. I was so much better. You were sorry, fantastic. Not sorry, Lyle. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for joining us. We really <laughs> appreciate it. Thanks for having it. me. And for doing work in getting the guests. Yeah, which was, that's just amazing. It's yeah, hard enough to get our regular guys to get guests. Wait, hang on, hang on. There's only one person who struggles to get guests. Lyle. It's not Lyle. <laughs> Don't be hard on yourself, mate. Don't be it's hard on yourself. It's definitely not me. <laughs> All right, uh, we'll catch you again soon, yes. Thank you so much for Thank popping. We really do appreciate me. it. Well, she catch you next week. And get uh, MCW on the 27th. Yes, big show. MCW be a big full show. out. Yep. Uh, Mikey sure. said in passing that he thinks it's going to be the best card that they've had. Yeah, it's shaping up to be really, really cool. Tickets available at? Um, our website, melbournecitywrestling.com.au. I should know that. And they just announced the Hooligans versus. The Street Hooligans versus. The Brat Pack. The Brat Pack. For the MCW Tag Team Championship, and yeah. it will be off the Is that chart. the yeah, reposted on the... social media while we were sitting here, and um, I got texted by someone else. I didn't. <laughs> Is that the Brat Pack with Lockie Henderson? Uh, Lockie Who? Hendricks? Sorry. No, Lockie no. No, no, no. Oh, good. Thank God. No. Yeah. We will spare the world of that in. matchup. Uh, catch you soon. Thanks for joining us, folks. We'll look Thank forward you. to bringing you another episode of On the Turnbuckle again next week, right here on mypodcasthouse.com. <laughs>